Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Thorne, and we welcome you to These Sports Rivals. It is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our purpose here, as always, is to preserve memories of classic sports rivalries, and we do so through the words of those who participated in them. These are the rivalries that are described from the inside out. Boy, today, there is a lot of describing to do. We are going to talk about the 2003 American League Championship Series between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. It would ultimately be won by the Yankees in a seven-game series in one of the most tumultuous and story-breaking series in the history of Major League Baseball for all kinds of reasons. And our two guests today were deeply involved in the outcome of that series and in how that series went and in some of the moments that have made baseball history. Our guest today to talk about it, Todd Walker. Todd was an infielder, Major League Baseball from 1996 through 2007. He played with Minnesota, Colorado, Cincinnati, Boston, the Cubs, San Diego, and Oakland. He came out of a great college program at LSU. In fact, they were the champions in 1992 on the team that he played for. And Todd Walker on that team and in the College World Series was selected as the most outstanding player that season in Omaha. Ironically for Todd, the 2003 season that we're talking about and the league championship series ended up being the only year that he would play for the Red Sox, but it would be a year he would never forget. Todd ended up with a major league 289 career average over all of those seasons, and he was involved in one of the incidents that led to a bench-clearing brawl in one of the games during the, uh, during the series. Our other guest today made history in that series and certainly was one of the great moments of his life. That is Mr. Boone. For Aaron Boone, Major League Baseball manager since 2018 with the New York Yankees, he was a player from 1997 to 2009 with the Reds, the Yankees, Cleveland, Florida, Washington, and Houston. He had a tremendous series in a tremendous year, in fact, in all of 2003. And it's interesting of how history, how history creates moments, how it happens, because Aaron was traded to New York from Cincinnati in 2003 on July 31st. He was an all-star that season. He hit 267, 24 home runs, and 96 RBIs for the year between the Reds and the Yankees. But he got to the Yankees just in time to be part of the postseason game that would take place against the Red Sox and the ALCS. And I'll take you to the end. The great story for Aaron in that playoff was the fact that he would hit a game-winning home run in the bottom half of the 11th inning for the Yankees that resulted in their taking the series four games to three. How it got to that point, we'll leave for him to describe. The 2003 American League Championship Series. Gentlemen, it was it created all kinds of moments. And I'd like to get into this, the two of you. Todd, I will start with you, and then Aaron can pick up on it. Going into this series, 
There were all kinds of stories and great anticipation about what this series was going to look like. So, Todd Walker, can you start us off from the Red Sox point of view? What what were you thinking? What was the attitude around the ball club going into this league championship series? Well, Gary, first of all, Aaron and I go way back. We we played against each other in the regionals in college in 1994. So I've known AB for how many years that is. I went to LSU, so I'm not very good at math. Well, how long that was. Um, 26 years. <laughs> uh, 26 years we've we've known each other, and uh, and we actually got to play together with the Cincinnati Reds. Of course, his dad was the manager, Bob Boone, at the time. This was. Uh, uh, right after I left Colorado, 2002 season. So we go way back. But uh, uh, Aaron had, like you said, he had a tremendous year in 2003. Um, fast forwarding all the way to that last heartbreaking game for us, uh, Aaron didn't start. And I know he was probably a little more, uh, you know, probably didn't understand that any more than we did. But when he came up, and we can get we can circle back around and come back to this. I I, I thought there was some magic about to happen. I just know, have known Aaron a long time, and I didn't like the situation. But going back to your question, we we felt pretty good uh, with Boston Red Sox in 2003. We had set records offensively. Uh, Jason Veritek was hitting ninth for us to put it in perspective. Trot Nixon was hitting sixth or seventh. You know, some guys that would hit three in the middle of other orders. They were deep. Uh, Billy Miller, uh, who won the batting title, I believe, that year, 2003, uh, was hitting eighth for us. So we had a pretty good offense. And going into that series against the Yankees, of course, we had a we had a nail biter against Oakland A's in the division series. Uh, won won that one in five games. Um, we felt pretty good, but we had to start in Yankee Stadium. And we, if you remember, we lost uh, Johnny Damon. He had collided with Damian Jackson in center field. So Johnny wasn't starting for us in game one in New York. Um, and so that was the only thing that was working against us. I, I think I let off uh, in his place. But other than that, uh, we felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, so as, as Todd said, we do go way back. And Todd and I became um, – pretty good friends in Cincinnati playing together. We hung together away from the field. Uh, we did a lot of things together. So um, us kind of meeting up on this stage against each other um, was, was, was pretty neat. And, and if I, if I recall correctly, I think Todd, didn't you homer in the first or second at bat in that game one? I re one of my first memories of that series is you going uh, off the facade in the upper deck. And I was like, all right, Todd's here to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I well, remember. Well, I, Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that uh, I felt like both teams were pretty evenly matched. You guys had the names. Of course, we had Pedro, we had Derek Lowe, Tim Wakefield, and some others. But you guys had Roger Clemens, Mike Lucina, Andy Pettit. I mean, I, I feel like that year, and I'm sure there's been other years, Gary could probably talk to this that the teams were fairly even, but none more than 2003. I felt like it was a completely even matchup and that one, one people would say the greatest rivalry in sports. Um, and so that made for a, a, an outstanding ALCS. And you're right, we started out in game one. I think I did, if you started Mussina, I took him deep. <laughs> I took him deep like <laughs> two or three times. And for a guy from Stanford, I was able to kind of think along with him. So I, I felt like I, I just knew... <laughs> 
knew what he was going to throw before he threw it, and that helps. Yeah. Well, all right. So my perspective of the series, I agree. I mean, you know, we think of with the great rivalries, a lot of people, their mind goes right to Fox Yankees. I mean, it's that kind of rivalry. And, and there's periods of in time where, um, you know, it's at its peak or it's a little dormant and it's, it's not as great. I think everyone in the know or that's followed um, this rivalry um, looks at 2003 as one of those t- moments in time where you had two really special teams, two beasts of teams with a lot of players in their prime, clearly the two best teams going at it here. And 2003 played out that way. It played out that way in the regular season, I think, as evenly matched as we were. And it certainly played out that way in the postseason, going to game or to the 11th inning in game seven. But, you know, my recollection going into this is paint a little picture here is like you said, Gary, I, I went over at the deadline on July 31st. So, you know, I consider myself someone that knows the game, that followed the game all my life, that's a fan of the game. So of course I know what I'm walking into in Red Sox Yankees. And um the night I'm leaving Cincinnati, I'm sitting down with some 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 guys on the team and kind of saying my goodbye. We're hanging out a little bit. And Tim Naring, who was in our front office there, I think head of minor leagues at the time, who's that incidentally now um, you know, in front office here with the New York Yankees now, who was a Red Sox player in, in the eighties and nineties, he says to me, he goes, Let me just tell you, you have no idea what you're walking into. And I and I'm thinking to myself, of course I do. And uh, he was right. He was absolutely right. I had no idea what I was walking into. And I remember my first trip to uh, Boston in August, you know, regular season series. Um, My my wife traveled with me. So Laura and I are going there and we check into this nice hotel, as you would imagine, that we're staying in the city of Boston and, and go up to our room. I go to get in the door and the door won't open. So we call down and somebody, you know, comes up and it's fancy hotel, nice hotel. They're very nice, um, you know, open doors for you the whole bit. And this guy comes up and he's working, something's wrong with the keyhole and he's working on the door. And uh, I say to my wife, I said, must be a Red Sox fan, you know, joking. He's on, he's on, he's on his knee working on the door and he looks up at me out of the corner eye and he goes, yeah. That's right. And I was like, whoa, all right, this is real. But then to experience those games in August and September, obviously two great teams. I mean, the passion, uh, you know, sometimes the fights that even break out in the stands. Um, this was different. You know, this was different than certainly anything I had ever been a part of. But it certainly got me up to speed on, OK, what this rivalry is and you know, joining a new team and, and obviously facing the Red Sox, knowing that we got two really special clubs here. And, and it certainly played that way out uh, in that series. Well, and that's a great point because when we would match up against the Yankees, like Aaron said, during the regular season, I don't believe I've ever been more nervous. And <laughs> I think that played to our advantage because once you got in the playoffs, you were used to it already. You know, now clearly the Yankees over the years and the Jeter era is, 
um, they were in the playoffs so much and so many times, it, it became, you know, comfortable and easy for them. I hate to use the word easy in baseball, but it was less difficult. But when you're in the, in the playoffs for the first time, it's tough, and especially in a big market where you know that there are millions. I couldn't sleep the first night when we go to Oakland. You know, I could not <laughs> sleep. And I remember looking at David Ortiz and going, are you nervous? He goes, no, nah, man, it's just another game. And I was like, how in the world can you have that perspective? Uh, I just <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep and uh, literally didn't sleep the night before we faced Tim Hudson in Oakland. But, but I, I, it, a calm came over me because I had a little bit of experience against the Yankees during the season. And just because of that experience and just overcoming nerves, uh, I was hitting three-hole, uh, matter of fact, because Johnny Dame was leading off. No more. They had moved no more up to the two-hole because Oakland at the time had that sidewinder, Chad Bradford, and he wanted to split no more and Manny Ramirez. So I was the lefty hitting between no more and Manny. So I was hitting three-hole. We're facing Tim Hudson on the first night. I remember Johnny makes out and no more makes out. I come up with all these people in Oakland and all the millions watching on TV and if you can put yourself in that scenario, I just, there's no way I could swing the bat. I was like, if I'm, I'm either going to just swing three times in a row, just walk back and have this be done with, or I'm going to, I'm going to fight and take a real at bat. So again, just drawing on the experience and playing the Yankees during the season, I, I, I just said, you know, I'm going to take, so it was ball one, ball two. I actually think he threw ball three before he threw strike one. So I get to three and one. And all of a sudden, again, I, I felt like, man, I've had some baskets, David Wells and Roger Clemens and, you know, all these beasts that, you know, are savages, as Aaron would say, uh, in, in baseball, <laughs> that, I, that I, I felt pretty good about myself at three and one. And so he pipes it and I hit a home run. And so that started this whole good run for me in that postseason where I feel like uh, the fact that we had played the Yankees as a Boston Red Sox during the season – uh, made me be able to handle uh, nervousness, you know, and being able to see straight. Because when you get nervous, you get fearful, and you can't see, and you can't think straight, and it's it's a bad deal. But that's why you see a lot of these guys in the playoffs, no matter how good of a player they were during the season, get their legs cut out from under them in the playoffs because it's just a different deal. And I, and I think a lot of times, like what happened with you there, Todd, um, you know, you get in these series and you, you have a good moment or a good at bat or, you know, like you said, a home run there to kind of get you off and running in the postseason, and that can snowball too for you and, and really, and really get you rolling. And it certainly did for you. Well, and I'll tell you guys too, that Aaron and I have a lot of experience by going back and forth because I got traded over Cincinnati from Colorado. And the first person that reached out was Aaron. And he had a nice little apartment. He said, you can stay with me until you get your feet up under you. And so I stayed with Aaron in Cincinnati the first two weeks that, uh, that I was over with the Reds. And, but I didn't know, see, I like to sleep in, but I didn't know Aaron likes to get up and he likes to go to breakfast. And so he would <laughs> both on the road and at home, we would go mostly to first watch. I think, I think that was your spot That's in Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. First Ooh, watch. Recall. And we would go to breakfast, just Aaron and I, and we'd talk baseball. But the thing he loved to do is he would uh, get the paper out. He'd read the paper, but then he'd start this trivia with what city is the hottest city today? You know, and usually it was Death Valley at 108. And then, like he would say, what's the coldest? And I had to answer. You know, I had to, I had to answer the question. So we'd start this little trivia. But Aaron and I would always go to breakfast together. And so we've got that history combined with college, you know, having played against each other. And then I played for his dad. And. Um, you know, and then when we weren't on the same team, we played against each other for a lot of years. So that was all leading up to this 2003 season. 
Guys, let me let me just say uh, I wanted Todd Walker to give you great credit that you hit 370 in that league championship series, 10 for 27. You had two home runs. You had a couple of RBIs. You led the team uh, with five runs scored in that series. But I want, I'm going to kind of dive in a little bit here. This thing heated up, and Todd Walker, you were involved in game three when things really got hot. There was a play at second base where Kareem Garcia, who had been hit by a pitch, things were already going on, chatting back and forth from benches and guys on the field. Can you talk about the slide that you took? You were playing second. Kareem Garcia came into you, and that led to a bench clearing. Can you talk about that a little bit, how that started and what you were feeling then? I want to say that, that I can't remember if there was something before Kareem Garcia got hit. Aaron may remember, but that's funny you bring that up because nobody has said anything about that slide in 17 years, but I still have a scar on my, on my shin from Kareem Garcia coming in and basically taking me out back when you could do that, but also with his spikes. And he stands up, you know, and, and jaws at me, and I didn't do anything. And I'm jawing back at him, and that kind of started a whole deal. But I know it's surrounded by Pedro um, and uh, Alex, I think, Rodriguez and Roger. You know, there's a whole thing in there where they thought Pedro threw in on uh, – oh, sorry, Roger Clemens threw kind of in on Manny, but it didn't seem like it was that far inside. But Manny took offense, and that started the whole thing. Eventually, as we all know, uh, Pedro threw up and in on somebody, and the bench was clear, and uh, – and chaos started to happen. But you kind of felt like that was a bound to happen. You know, Jason Veritek was John with A-Rod behind the plate uh, when he would come up. So you kind of felt like that was about a breaking point at some point. But I think I would have probably say it was good for both teams because if your emotions weren't up before that, they were after it. <laughs> yeah, no question. I don't remember. You guys might know better the, the timeline of everything. I feel like the pitch was up and into Kareem Garcia. Um, and then he said, all right, I'll, I'll slide in. And, and Roger had, had the up and pitch to Manny where he came out kind of point with the bat. So you knew something was, was about to burst here. I mean, you, you got these two great teams, you know, playing for a lot, obviously. And, uh, you know, the other guy wants what you, what you want. And, uh, so anytime you're in that competitive environment and, and you have a couple of emotional moments, you know, things, things can, things can go off. But I do remember that slide and, and kind of the uncertainty, like what just happened. And, you know, I think Nomar said something maybe to Kareem while he was running off the field and then, and then here we go. And that's, that's all you needed to kind of, you know, ratchet this thing up a little bit more and kind of light that fuse even a little bit more. Well, and the thing that was that everybody will remember, and they even did a Saturday Night Live skit about it, was Don Zimmer charges straight at Pedro. Like, like it didn't matter who was in his way. It didn't matter. He didn't. He had tunnel vision going straight after Pedro, and Pedro didn't really know. He's looking. He's kind of heads on a swivel. He turns around, and there's Zimmer right in his face, and he just grabbed him by both the ears and threw him to the ground. And I know the Yankees didn't like that either, and so that didn't help anybody's cause, but I, I feel like being a teammate of Pedro's, I will say that he kind of caught him by surprise. Like he didn't really know what was going on, but Zimmer was on a dead rush at Pedro. Well, and, and going back to that. So, so when 
the, the whole game as things were happening, you know, there are a couple times, you know, the famous picture of, of Pedro kind of pointing at his head, looking at, at Jorge Posada and Jorge's up saying, you know, come on, bring it on and whatever. Well, lost in a lot of that and, and not a lot of the camera shots, Don Zimmer, the whole game is yelling at Pedro. You know, I, I'm not going to say all he said, but <laughs> you know, you always said it no good, son of a, you know, I mean, he was going nuts. So in hindsight, after the game, you know, when, when obviously we were concerned about Zim because, you know, he ends up get, needing medical assistance and, you know, he, he goes to the hospital just for, you know, fortunately he was okay, but, you know, we were a little nervous about him. But in hindsight, I was not at all surprised that he went on a beeline for Pedro because if he was going to put his actions uh, to, to the words he was saying – there was only one place he was going, and that was going right after Pedro. And, and I, well, I agree. I, you know, walk like walk said. I I think it caught Pedro off guard. Here comes this old coach coming after him. Like, what do I do? And he just kind of throws him off to the side, and it looks ugly. But man, I was not surprised at all that Zim went right after him. Well, and I don't know Zim as much as you do, Aaron, but but I, he didn't seem like a guy that would get that hot-headed, you know. And I did hear he was yelling. I didn't hear him physically, but I had heard after the fact that he was jawing at him the whole game. Kevin Millar said that he told him, Kevin, I love all you guys, but I hate that bleepity bleep bleep bleep. And that's what he told Millar. And, and so, like you just said, then it made a little more sense as to why he would run at him like a bull, you know. But uh, – and that, that heated things up a lot. And like you said, I think that was only game three, and we had four more to go. Oh, yeah. We were just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I hate to move it along too fast here, but but we, there are so many stories with this. I got to get to game seven. Mm -hmm. uh, here you are. I mean, this is it. Everything's on the line. You've got the matchup for the second time in the series that everybody had talked about. you got Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens, who are going to be the starting pitchers in this game so I'll ask each of you again uh, Aaron you can start on this if you want feelings mm -hmm. going into game seven well <clears throat> the one thing this series taught me it cemented in my head that momentum doesn't mean squat in baseball because every time we beat the beat them beat their brains in it seemed like they'd answer the next day and vice versa. So you never knew what was going to happen in this series. And I remember game six being this wacky, high scoring, mm -hmm. windy game in the Bronx. You know, one of my memories is, is a, a wild throw from Matsui with his hat flying off because the wind's blowing so much. And they, they, you know, killed us. So who knows what's going to happen in game seven? All I know, the anxiety that goes along with that day. And, and personally, like, Todd said to start, I'm not playing game seven. So Enrique Wilson had had great numbers against Pedro. I was struggling in the series. So Enrique gets the start at third base. So I'm, I'm kind of dealing with the, you know, frustration of here I am brought in at the trade deadline to be this guy. And now I'm on the bench. So you're kind of, you kind of realize, okay, you need to get over that because it's a really important, the game and, you realize quick in the playoffs, this isn't about me. This is about us trying to win a championship here. So, you know, kind of dealing with that frustration, but the anxiety that goes into a game seven and all that's on the line, especially when you add in this rivalry. So, um, and knowing that Pedro's in, 
on the other side and, and Roger Clemens going for us. I mean, this is just this historic, epic clash of the Titans. Right. Um, and, and we get off to a bad art, you know, and, and sitting over there, not at the start of the game, not starting that game and you fall behind and Pedro's kind of dealing and they're flexing their muscles like they can, um, knock Roger out of the game fairly early. It was a frustrating beginning to the night for us. And for me sitting over there, oh, picture and not a good off season. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it, isn't it great? That's what, that's what's so great about this game of baseball is like you heard Aaron's words from probably not the lowest part in his career, because in baseball, it's a, such a failure sport that you're going to have a lot of lows. But in that particular game, I know that Aaron was wanting to be in there and fight, especially when they got behind. But going from a time when he's in his mind for eight innings, nine innings, well, when did you come up in the 11th? So it's 11 innings, uh, 10 and a half innings of sitting there wondering how he could help to the biggest hit in his career, I think he would say. I've got the picture. I'm looking at it right now where he signed it. He said, sorry about it. He says, sorry about it, Walker. Uh, but I physically have the picture of him hitting the home run. But, um, but it's what's so great about baseball is it can change so quickly and, and, and not so much great for us, but for, for, you know, for him in that particular moment. But that's what I love about it. And the thing about that series, too, is every game that I thought we would win, we lost. And every game I yes. thought we would yeah. didn't have much of a chance, I thought we – see, because we rolled into New York without Johnny, like I said, and we won game one. We beat yeah. – uh, I can't remember. Did Pettit start that game, game one? Uh, no, he started game two. Pettit was game two. Yep. Yeah, so we, we whoever we faced one. in game one might have been Lucina. I think mm-hmm. it was Lucina because I had a home yep. run in that game, Lucina. like you said. Yeah, so we faced Lucina. We had Derek Lowe going because I think one, they wanted to save Pedro, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember. But we won game one. I didn't think we'd win game one. So winning game one, back to Aaron's point, with a lot of momentum, I thought if we win game two in New York, this is over. And we mm-hmm. lost game two. And now we go back to Boston, tied 1-1. And I, I, I know we lost two out of three at home, one being that Zimmer game. Go back to New York in game six. Now they, now I know they had Pettit on the mound and we had John Burkett. And not that Burkett yep. wasn't a great pitcher, but Pettit was one of the filthiest in the game and he was left-handed. So it, 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 it kind of uh, you know alleviated some of our left-handed bats, me, David Ortiz, uh, Trot Nixon. So – I didn't know if we had much of a shot being down three games to two facing Pettit and we win 15 to nine or whatever that score was. <laughs> and then here we go to game seven where we knew we were facing a tired Roger Clemens. And now we have Pedro full blast and we got up five to it was five to two in the eighth inning with two outs and two strikes on Jared Jeter. Unbelievable. Cause they played it the other night. That's one of the main reasons I, I know that. Uh, how do you lose a game up five to two with two outs <laughs> and two strikes on any hitter. But I'll tell you this, I felt like whoever won that series by far was going to be the World Series champion. And I think that's what hurt the most at that time is that I thought whoever won that series was going to win it all. And it didn't turn out that way. The Marlins were pretty good that year. But that's what hurt the most about losing game seven. But up five to two, two outs in the eight, two strikes on the hitter, and we can't get it done. You know, what stands out to me about about game seven though is you know you know obviously end up get hit, hitting the home run and amazing moment but from our side like the amount of things 
little things that happened and in, in little contributions that happened in that game that kept us in it when it was like, this is a bad night for us and it's not going well here early. And Giambi hits two, you know, home runs to sort of keep us in the game. And, and, and Mike Messina comes in in a bases loaded, no out situation where the game's about to get blown out. Yep. of You know, it, it, it's, it's, they're going to blow. That was the, the biggest open. moment. I'm glad you said that yeah. was the biggest moment. No outs, bases loaded, and we don't score. And here comes Mike Mussina, who's never pitched in relief in his career, comes in, bases loaded, nobody out. Go get him, Moose, and gets a punch out, double play. All of a sudden, they, you know, we just kind of hung around enough. And, and like Walk said, then we're 5 2, and then the, the famous, they don't go and pull, pull Pedro out. And re, if you remember, Prior to the 2003 season, the the Red Sox went intentionally no specific closer. They just felt like having a bunch of relievers, good relievers, and they and they did have a number of good relievers um, was their way to go. And and then they go out and get Keith Folk for for 2004 because they wanted that guy that was a true mm-hmm. closer. Anyway, so I think that probably spilled in a little bit to. Well, who are they going to go to here? So, you know, <clears throat> the amount of at-bats that happened then with, like you said, Jeter, Bernie, uh, Hideki Matsui getting a big hit, and then obviously the bloop double by Posada, that, and it's like bedlam. And, and obviously you guys know you're all – I mean, it was bedlam at Yankee Stadium when I can't believe we've come back and tied this game. And then, you know, I go in as a pinch runner and – whatever inning it is and and one of the things that stands out to me about that is when i entered the game and i believe it was the eighth or ninth as a pin runner eighth inning we had a chance in the eighth inning okay so we tied it now we got a chance to take the lead here i believe it's soriano smokes a ball up middle and walk makes a great backhand play because off the bat, I'm thinking, we're here we have the lead. You know, Sori's had a tough series, but he smoked one up the middle, and Walk makes a great play to get the force out to end that inning, and then obviously, you know, it forces the extra innings. But Walk made a huge play to, to keep it tied there at the bottom of the eighth. Tom, the other thing me, about our – I'm sorry, Gary. The other nope, thing about our ahead. bullpen I wanted to, wanted to point out, and Aaron's right, we didn't have a closer. It, it sounds good on paper, and you've got a lot of baseball experience too, Gary. You could kind of put your opinion on this too, but uh, but it kind of sounds good on paper to have a bunch of different options at the tail end. The thing you don't factor in is that's a that is a tough tough gig is to come in the night try to hold down a game. That's during the regular season. Now we're talking about game seven, but we had Timlin, we had Williamson, uh, we had all these flamethrowers in the pen. That uh, that were having a pretty good postseason. They didn't. I don't know if yep. everyone, any of them stood out during the regular season, but my God, I don't think we gave up a run at the bullpen, at the bullpen in the against Oakland or New York uh, with our bullpen. Um, but they felt like Wakefield was the be- best matchup at that time. But what I know about facing Tim Wakefield is if you're going to get him, you got to get him early because if you get one or two strikes on you with that knuckleball, it starts fluttering and you can't see it. So I remember every time I faced Wakefield going, I'm swinging at the – I'm getting up in the box. I'm, uh, if it's high, let it fly, and that's exactly where he threw it to Aaron. But I said, I'm getting one of the first two pitches because he's going to be around the plate. And But if you get behind on Wakefield, he's going to bury you because he gets nastier. And uh, there was a decision to make out of the pen. 
clearly who knows what would happen otherwise. But I do know that our bullpen was lights out the entire postseason. Todd, that's, I wanted to ask you this, and I, and I, I apologize for interrupting, but I, I, as a fan, I want to know how you felt. Grady Little has has had, had to live with the decision to keep Pedro Martinez in in the eighth inning. When many believed he was tired and it was time to go to the pen, he felt that what he had on the mound in Pedro was better than anything he had in the pen. As a member of the ball club watching this happen, Pedro going back out in the eighth inning when the Yankees would tie it, what did you feel? Well, I didn't know the pitch count. But even then, let's say I knew it was 123 pitches or whatever it was. He's our guy, and I trust him just like Grady would have. When he came out there, he asked how he felt. I know coaching baseball for three years in the high school level here. Anytime you go up and ask somebody, you've kind of made up your mind yourself that you're going to leave it up to them. And, of course, every one of them are going to tell you they want to pitch. And my my experience with doing that is it, it's not good. You know, you, you got to make a decision on your own. Aaron, of course, knows that probably better than anybody having managed the past three years. Just you got to make your decision before you go out there because if you don't, he's going to change your mind for you. And Pedro – would do that. Um, I didn't know the pitch count. So, you know, but uh, like Aaron said, it was a bloop that went in. Uh, it stings a little bit because I had a bloop too, but it went to Soriano and he caught it. That would have been the game winner <laughs> at right. the top of the inning, you know, and, and, and the reason I say it, it's like a little lightning bolt is because it just happened in the series just now. I think uh, the Rays stole game four from the Dodgers, went to game four where the, 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 the pinch hitter got in there and he hit that same type of bloop shot that I hit only his went over the second baseman into center field. Then they had the crazy play at home and, and the Rays steal game. I think it was game four from the Dodgers, but the exact same deal where now it just comes down to luck. I didn't have any luck. I still think in my mind, if I could have just been a click earlier because I was a click earlier against Mariano Rivera in, in Boston and hit a triple off the right field wall in that series. And I felt like I had him. I felt like, you know what I'm going to do this time against Soriano? I mean, uh, Rivera, I'm going to back up because he loves that cutter inside. And what does he do on the first pitch? Is he throws a cutter on the outside corner, a backdoor cutter for strike one. There's no way I could have reached. So now I have to get back in position. And then he had me where he wanted me. But I still feel like if I could have just been a click earlier, I could have won game seven for us. But uh, it didn't work out that way. But it's all a matter of placement. And, again, I just walk into the mound. And, and we had that conversation the other day. It's crazy. 17 years later, we're still talking to people about what did Grady say? And the answer is, I have no idea. I don't remember being that close other than him saying, how do you feel? I don't remember being that close to Pedro and them. I, you give them their space and, and Pedro wanted to stay in and that was it, you know, but, but I, I remember thinking I'm good with it because he's our guy and he doesn't look like he's lost a lot of velocity and let's go get him. Yeah. And I think from our perspective it, uh, on our side and that, you know, we certainly felt like, you know, he was tiring a little bit and maybe we we're had a chance to get to him. Um, but same thing. We're like, it's Pedro Martinez. That's their guy. So it wasn't this big you know, shock to us. Like, Oh, he's staying in. We were like, okay, he's in there. He's tired. Let's get him, guys. But it, it, it wasn't, you know, overwhelming in our dugout either. All right, Aaron, let's get you, let's get you to the home run. <clears throat> you come in as a pinch runner in the eighth inning. You have not had an at-bat. You are coming to the plate for the first time in the ball game in the 11th inning. Uh, Mariano has had three scoreless innings pitched. You get a chance to win the ball game. Bottom of the 11th inning. I've read some of your comments of what you said about 
how you felt coming off the field, going to the bottom of the 11th, like something yeah. was going to happen. And then yeah. you, changed, you changed your mind on how you were going to approach Wakefield as you walked to the plate. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I'm having a tough series. I'm in a funk at the plate. I faced Wakefield a ton down the stretch in the regular season and now here in the postseason and have had about zero success against them. I've, I've struggled against them. And to Walk's point, he's right, man. The more <laughs> There were so many times I was up there thinking, I'm going to kill this thing, and I'm walking back to the dugout, slamming my helmet or slamming my bat because that thing's dancing all over. So I do recall in a running off the field thinking, I don't. I had no reason to feel this way with the way I was swinging the bat, the lack of success I've had off of Wakefield. But I remember thinking, I'm going to do something here. And, uh, and as I'm on deck, I'm considering taking a pitch. But again, like Todd said, you know what? I want to, don't mess around with this guy. Don't get deep in the count. See one up. And, and whether it's the first pitch or the second pitch or the eighth pitch, get a good pitch to hit. Don't overthink this. Get a good pitch to hit. So actually, I went from on deck, the on deck circle, considering taking a pitch to just get a good pitch to hit. And, you know, fortunately, the first one was up. It, it kind of hung up there. And, uh, you know, I finally put a good swing on one. And, and uh, the rest is history. I got to run by my, my buddy at second base there. Uh, we, we, we had the last lap that day. <laughs> well, and, th- and that's, that's not only how you approach Wakefield, but that's how you approach a pinch hit. And, and yes. I know I, I can't put myself in Aaron's position in that day, but I've pinch hit a lot before. And I know that you got to go up and get after it and be aggressive because if you dan- if you sit around and wait, uh, having no swings prior, no tempo, no timing, uh, it's just difficult to, to gather all up and want it bad. And so uh, I felt like watching that he's, he's hacking, he's coming out of, out of his shoes right away. And I think Wake was just trying to throw strike one. You know, he, he probably yeah. felt like Aaron probably was going to take, and he was trying to hang one in there for strike one. And then he gets nasty, like I said, but, you didn't get a chance to get nasty. Mm. Guys, yep. it's been, uh, I can't believe we've, we've gone through the time frame here already. I'll give each of you a, a final comment if you'd like uh, or not. It was just an unbelievable uh, league championship series. It was one of the great series of all time. And you two played such integral parts in the outcome of this thing. Uh, Todd, um, Aaron, any final comment? Well, for me, I, I uh, Aaron and I have known each other for 26 years, and I've always been proud and happy of everything that he's accomplished in his life, not only in college, but beyond that, of course, in pro ball. And, you know, he had he played for his dad. I mean, maybe he might tell you that was a great thing or a bad thing. Either way, I, I, I know that would be – that would be – I loved it. Uh, Bob Boone was one of my favorite managers I've ever played for. But as a dad, I can't imagine that dynamic. Uh, but Aaron, Aaron went through that, went over, got traded over to the – you know – one of the most storied franchises in history and hits one of the, if not probably the biggest home run in that franchise history, the things that he's accomplished in his life now as the manager of the New York Yankees, I'm just proud of what he's done. And like I said, we've known each other a long time and it's hard for me to say that I'm happy that he hit that home run, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I would rather be a friend than somebody else. And I'm proud of the 2003 season that we put together, regardless of how it, how it ended up. Of course, the Yankees could probably tell you the same thing. They didn't win the whole thing. So, you know, it was disappointing for them in the end, too. They lost their last game. So 
Uh, I'm proud of 2003. I'm proud of my teammates and everybody. And guess what? I was the only one that got kicked off the team. And the next year, they win the whole thing. So, you know, I can, I can, I can be, I can be proud of that as well. You know, that my teammates accomplished it after 1918. After all those years, they finally win their first one in 2004. And I remember all the trash is thrown in the streets and all the dumpsters turned over and everything when we got back to Boston after we had lost the Yankees in 2003. So I know how passionate and what it meant to the Boston Red Sox fans that they won it in 2004. And of course, since then, what they won it three or four times since then. So all, all's good that ends well. And as of 2020, it's ended well uh, for that franchise. And I'm proud of my career and everything that I did. And I'm, you know, I'm just happy that I ran into people like Aaron because he truly is a good person. And, and I, I know he knows baseball better than anybody. That's why he's where he is today. Uh, well, thanks for that, Todd. Um, first of all, it, it's been great to be on with, with, with Gary, we go way back and, and Todd, who, you know, some of my funnest times playing were, were being his teammate in Cincinnati. We had a great time and a great rapport. And, um, I miss those breakfasts we had and, and the, and the old temperatures on the back of the USA today. Um, but you know, you, you, you play this game and, you know, it's about the relationships you form and, and, and we're getting to experience that here today. But, you know, you also, you dream as a little kid of being in these moments and being in these important games and you, you play them out in your mind. Um, so you just feel ultimately, you feel very blessed to be in that, in, in a situation where you're playing Yankees, Red Sox, I'm part of this thing and I get to play a role in this thing and whatever the outcome is, um, just feel fortunate to be a part of it and to be able to compete at that level and, to you know, the the twist of getting to compete against your buddy Todd, who you who you just got done having uh, playing a lot of uh, important games with. Um, it was a it was a great year, a crazy year. Unfortunately for us, and and what stuck with me for the longest time is we weren't able to finish out off and win the World Series, and that stuck with me. But to have a, a small place in the history of of such a special rivalry. Um, I feel very blessed to, and, and fortunate to have that. And we feel the same way about having you on with us. Aaron Boone, Todd Walker, thank you so much. That is going to conclude another chapter of our Sports Rivals. We want to remind you, don't forget, our sponsor is Bet Online. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. And uh, we want to invite you to uh, follow us. You can uh, find us at uh, Believe.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can learn more about our broadcasts, other episodes by logging on to thesportsrivals.com. Join in the conversation and help us with suggestions for future rivalries. Also, follow us on Instagram at thesportsrivals, Twitter, at Rivals underscore podcast and Facebook by searching for The Sports Rivals. Todd Walker and Aaron Boone, a great delight to have them on here with us. We thank all of you for joining us. And remember, it is the rivalries that make the games. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.